and it is part of like that culmination of like someone who is not the drummer making something and then the drum this is totally a guitar player saying this because drummers are probably like fuck you like this should... <laughs> <laughs> guitar guitarists guitarists program drums are the worst whatever What is up, my friends? Thanks for tuning in. This is another episode of the Scoped Exposure podcast. Um, you know, being Scoped Exposure, um, being based in Western Canada, I've always like had a... I, I fly the flag for the underdog scenes, the ones that have to work 10 times as hard to get 10, even just a, a fraction of the reward and the efforts. And when I think about, you know, the States has a lot going for it, but a, a scene that doesn't have as much, but I do see the waves of change coming um, is the South. So a lot of the Southern states and a band growing up for me, that was, in my opinion, uh, undoubtedly uh, just kind of the hometown heroes uh, when it comes to flying that flag and, um, and doing that. And it was really formative for me sonically um, on the guitar side and almost like fucked up my brain a little bit too much in the early, in the early days um, was, was Gideon. And, you know, with a new record that just came out recently, it was very, very important to me to kind of, kind of close the circle and have someone from the band on the podcast here to talk about it, talk about, you know, breakdowns and the South and everything in between. So, it is my absolute pleasure to be welcoming Tyler of Gideon and as Hell Retreats on the Scope Exposure Podcast. Thanks for joining me, my friend. Yeah, man. I'm I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Tyler, it seems like you did a, a little bit of research before coming on the show when it comes to, you know, the flow and the vibe. Uh, so before we get into any of the music chats, we have to check a Bev. It's an absolute must. Yeah. Um Let's so do it. it's tradition for the guests to go first to showcase what they got so tell me what you got okay. beverage wise for the show today well i mean i i have two beverages uh one of them is just a polar mm -hmm. classic polar black cherry uh but the the more special one would be this this coffee here which is oh okay it's it's called a barcelona so this is this is some salted whipped cream here uh it's very thick you have to kind of like shake it around as yeah, as you drink that almost it. requires a stir stick <laughs> yeah yeah and i i even have a little method where i have to like bend these back so i don't break my straw when i'm mixing it but uh it also has like some ginger syrup in there interesting it's really nice is the yeah. the coffee spot dose where you got it from yes yeah oh, okay and is that in nashville there yep yeah i live really close to like the i've been going to dose for probably for i don't know like 12 years but uh the the newer location which is near my current house is where i got it yeah got you got you um very fu very funny because one of my favorite coffee spots in western canada um there's another one up in uh up in just like this really tiny little mountain town called revelstoke and there's a place called dose coffee and really <laughs> um, it's like 
anytime we're passing through there, I'm hitting it like multiple times in the day. It's like, it's that good. So, you know, that's, that's kind of what this one is like our, um, not our newest record, but our record before was tracked in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we would, uh, Caleb, our bass player stayed with me and this place is like walking distance from my house. So every, every single morning for like six weeks, we would get a whole, we would get a whole tray of these Barcelonas. And, uh, I, I, I didn't want to check my bank account after that, that month because it was (laughs) insane. Right. We didn't, One we coffee didn't trip could run into the three digits potentially. Yeah, 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 for real, for real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it's that good though. I I haven't. Well, a Barcelona is probably scoped exposure podcast first as far as coffee. Okay. Like we've had lots of coffees and fraps and fancier fancier drinks, but nothing of that magnitude. So that's that's kind of what I was thinking when I when I got it. I was like, I should definitely get a Barcelona because I've never seen a Barcelona anywhere else either. So. Uh, I'm waiting for the day that I come across one on tour or something, but yeah, hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I'm curious if that's like, would you consider that like secret menu kind of shit? Or if, if, you know, anyone listening could go into their local coffee spot and be like, Hey, do you guys do a Barcelona? Like, would they get the weirdest look or, you know, something like yeah, that? Yeah. You'd probably, <laughs> I kind of think you'd get a look because it seems like they put a lot of, I mean, they, they have these big tubs of the, of the salted whip that they make that goes into it. Mm-hmm. whipped cream um so most places probably either i had never heard of it maybe like some real like nerd coffee heads that may maybe know about it but but uh i'd say it's probably like just pretty exclusive to dose as far as i know cool well shout out to dose whether uh yeah. dose in nashville <laughs> or dose in uh revelstoke canada um yeah <laughs> uh i'm drinking something canadian that i'm very excited about uh found this when uh, the wife and I were just out, um, kind of exploring, uh, cause I'm living in Ontario just for the summer right now. And I, okay. and, she, and we both got one of these and I had a sip of hers and I was like, Whoa, this, this Bev company seems to know their shit. Um, but I, but we haven't had this flavor specifically. So I'm drinking what's called a bar bet. Um, and the flavor is called a light wave. So it's crunchy like cucumber and sun soaked pineapple and subtle smooch of lavender wow that sounds like something i would drink for sure yeah <laughs> yeah so like <laughs> sun soaked sun soaked and subtle smooch so um smooch. yeah i don't get like, that but I, I'm, a, I'm a fan <laughs> of all all of that so that's what i'm gonna be drinking uh cheers to you tyler thanks for coming on cheers. The show today yeah thanks for having me Whoa. So what what is that though? Is it like a is it a seltzer? Is it a soda? so it's just like yeah, so it's just like a sparkling water. So I guess in the seltzer okay. category, but um, you know, made made in Canada, Toronto. Um, so yeah. like represent. Yeah, it's got a bit of like a more like vintagey kind of vibe to it, which totally. as an avid Bev connoisseur can kind of be hit or miss. It's like either <laughs> they don't they don't give a fuck about their branding or they just have a different style versus the modern, you know, yeah. super neon kind of colors and and bubbly kind of text. But that's like totally. ten out of ten. That's very, very tasty. Oh yeah. Might have to send me one of those. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll send I, you a Barcelona. Dude, trades these. I'm into that. <laughs> 
Um, so Tyler, uh, since it's your first time here on the show, I always like to, you know, get a little bit of context about how everyone got on their, you know, heavy music journey, your hardcore origin story, heavy music origin story, however you want to spin it. So take me way back in time to the first time you're hearing breakdowns, screaming, um, listening to a couple like past interviews you've done, you know, I think you're just a few years older than me. So I think we come from the same like clan of, you know, the Lincoln yeah. parks and the Slipknots. but you know, was there yeah, anything totally. specifically that like, was that initial first hook for you? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, like you said, Lincoln park with, well, before Lincoln park, I'd say it was like, um, just Tony Hawk soundtrack, you know, mm -hmm. which yeah. is, I know a lot of people share that, but that's truly like, it was such a gateway for music. Um, so that was like between that and um, some of the stuff, my mom kind of, my mom and my mom's ex-husband, my old stepdad were into punk a lot. So, you know, playing Tony Hawk, it was like, Oh, here's bad religion. And like, you know, what, you know, the, the soundtrack was just riddled with a bunch of cool punk tracks and, uh, and uh in the middle of that was some pop punk stuff like like some 41 and uh that kind of i don't know that i was i was listening to the radio a lot at the time before before i got into that and it was a lot of rap on the radio and so lincoln park was kind of like the the gateway mm -hmm. from you know listening to rap into into hearing a scream for the first time so that was definitely the first scream but when it came to like like our kind of scene of music i think it was like uh i had i moved in with my uncle at a young like my young teens who uh his household was was a lot like i, I was listening to corn and slipknot and you know whatever and lincoln park and he was like there are alternative there are christian alternatives to all these bands so mm. <laughs> uh which not 100 percent true but i i went to to a lot of like bookstore christian bookstores to search for music um so and in the middle of all that was a lot of like hardcore and and uh you know come back kid and take it back and like all these you know hardcore groups where it was you you didn't know what the cd was but you would just grab a bunch of cds and and for me it like it was really quickly it was like anything that said face down records or blood and ink or anything like that I would grab. So that kind of, so comeback, it was like my first favorite hardcore band uh, because of that. Cause I found uh, their first record at a, at a Christian book tour, you know? Yeah. yeah. Very few people know the, the, well, I guess not the struggle, but it is kind of how you're saying it's like, Oh, there's Christian alternatives, but it's like, yes and no to a degree, but um, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I've talked to many, many people, and I'm a classic example as well, that like found out about heavy music because it's like I had the, you know, the Christian upbringing. And then, you know, mm -hmm. like it, if it wasn't for certain bands that, you know, had a certain that were on a certain label that, you know, were kind of parent approved, at least on my end, um, yeah. I wouldn't have, you know, at least had that initial that initial seed planted to be able to like, you know, be where I'm at now. No, totally. And, and like under oath and when under oath had just, uh, they're only chasing safety in the record, uh, before that, that I can't remember the name of, uh, like I, I bought both of those CDs and like Zayo and, 
And uh, that what's funny, I was talking about this the other day. It's funny that there are certain bands where it's like, uh, you know, this is a cop. This is the Christian version of that band uh, that that does exist, but it's kind of rare uh, that it actually is like kind of fills that hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are just a bunch of bands that, as a young Christian kid, you kind of blind to like whether the band is actually good or not and they just kind of like well they're christian and and it's kind of you know it's screaming or whatever but then there are bands that just don't sound like anything else that just happen to have come from that from that scene and you know uh bands like blindside or you know uh even comeback kid and stuff like for me at the time it was like there were these few bands that like stood out out of all the ones that i listened to that are like oh no those were just sick ass bands like Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like down the road, I realized like, oh yeah, that that band was actually good. It wasn't just I kind of got lucky by by running into it like that. Yeah, I I, I de- it's it's kind of funny because there's you know I've had you know Joe from Advent on the podcast. I've had a couple other people like from that world, and there was definitely like mm-hmm. a boom in like the early 2010s where it was like a Christian metal band was like the to the extremes of like the four todays and the sleeping giants Mm -hmm. and like some of those things, but like people kind of wrote off, you know, if, if anyone had any religious belief, but then you have bands like, you know, comeback kid or even like Venya or Advent that were like way more like in the gray, so to speak, when it came to like, we're going to believe what we want to believe, but we're just going to write the heaviest riffs that we can and just like be a little bit more like just human to people versus like, this totally. caricature so to speak yeah advent was was a big one for that because i feel like even to this day maybe i'm biased from just coming from what i came from but it's like advent was seemed to always be respected whether anyone was was christian or not because they were just that that fucking heavy you know mm, yeah they were just that good yeah and uh that's that's great i i'm like it's it's such a weird thing to think about what the scene was like in the early 2010s and and just previous to that because you know i was on the other side where i you know they, to me like in nashville it was like deathcore and then there was like which was just dudes like fucking like we had a venue in nashville called the muse that was it was just like the the it was great and i went there a lot but it was like the scummy kind of like you might get stabbed in the pit type of place. Sure. Um, you know, there's broken glass everywhere. They're selling crack upstairs, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but that's where all the the real, real heavy bands came from. And then like the bands that were selling out the big venues were almost, it's like half of them are Christian. Mm. Uh, and it just not even like most of them, most of them didn't even, if you just showed up at the show, you wouldn't even know. Um, they weren't preaching and whatever they were just they just was a staple in the scene it was like you got kind of a 50 50 chance of some band that's doing well being a christian band it's kind of weird yeah so uh speaking of the the 2010s i want to kind of share a a quick personal anecdote and then just kind of get into like because you know for for anyone that knows the gideon lore you're not like a founding member of the band you kind of came in i think album three callus was the first yeah. album you were you were on i actually like i i was around even when the first album came out before dan even joined the band we were all touring together and stuff i i helped write like one little lick that's on that's on milestone but aside from oh. that 
Okay. Yeah. So so you were, so, you know, you were in the the nucleus, but you were you were around. You were Yeah, and I was playing. I had filled in for them a few times before that album came out, just mm-hmm. purely filling in. And then when I actually started playing with the band, it was like right before Milestone came out. Yeah. So I was on the on that side of it. But the first record I was like, oh, I wrote this whole song and whatever. That was that would have been callous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um 2011, you're a graduated high school. Either that will mm-hmm. make people be like, wow, Spencer's hella old, or I'm hell like he's hella young, depending where on the yeah. on the age spectrum you are. But um bunch of friends. I think this might have been like I don't know if this was like just friends or like kind of a church youth group thing because I lived in uh, Winnipeg at the time and Wilmar, Minnesota was, you know, an eight hour ish drive away right outside of Minneapolis and uh, sunshine fest uh, was happening that year. (laughs) And uh, first ever, like first ever like festival that I was going to um, of that scale. And, you know, you have like the super heavy, well, not even super heavy, but you have the super big bands like, the Reliant K's, the Switchfoots, the fucking Family Force Five on like the main yes. stage outside. And then all the heavy scream bands with breakdowns were, you know, cultivated and, and you know, all uh, communally gathered in this hockey arena, which as a Canadian <laughs> was like, oh, I feel right at home here. Um, <laughs> but that was my first time seeing Gideon. And it was just like the the stage presence and the attitude was like something like I just wasn't used to because it was like mostly like metalcore bands, melodic hardcore bands was like a big thing for me. But just having that like just like drop a sharp piss off nature to it was like mm-hmm. just so crazy to me. And um, it's funny because the the few times I've been able to see Gideon, I would talk to Dan about it. And he had a, there was a fill in vocalist for that set. It wasn't even him at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So anyways, I think that was a uh, Tom, this dude Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, uh, what band did he play in? Um, the Gun Show. The Gun Show. Oh, okay. Yep. I thought he played in, from Ohio. Oh, okay. I thought he played in another band. Um, but yeah, that no, those details are it. not important. Um, yeah. But ever since then, you know, it's been very like, like just watching Gideon's like trajectory and it's been very interesting to see how there have been certain things that you guys have doubled down on and also like left behind, but also sonically have like paid homage to, you know, you know, the, the first couple albums to where you guys are at now. So that was my first time seeing Gideon. I want to know like your first time and if you had either a a similar reaction or if it was totally different before even maybe thinking, Oh, I'm going to help write a song or maybe I'll play in this band one day. No, totally. Um, the first time I ever saw Gideon as How Retreats was playing this show, and it was like in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, and, you know, so basically the halfway point between where Gideon was from and where As Hell's from. Mm. And it was, let me remember this lineup. It was The World We Knew, um, Textbook Tragedies, mm-hmm. I think. So I think they're Canadian, right? Or maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, and hundred, maybe like, uh, dude, there was another like melodic hardcore band on it too, but I can't remember who it was, but, uh, 
and then Gideon and Nance have retreats at least at least that I think there was one more band but doesn't matter but yeah we we played that show and uh when I saw Gideon I was like damn these guys are fucking cool compared to me like and my band that which like we I feel like we were like a year ahead of Gideon at the time um just getting out and and doing stuff and uh I think uh one of the dudes from a plea for purging like uh Andy was managing us at the time and their bass player was booking for booking shows for us and and like so we were just like just barely in front of what Gideon was doing but uh we played with Gideon and then and I was like this is just wait like they're too cool I, like, like we can't compare to this <laughs> that was my impression <laughs> my impression right. at the time it was just like why like but they were so like um they were just so unique like there was there was a band in Nashville called alert the sky which is just a really a really good band would be the closest thing that i could that i could uh and they were kind of like home they were kind of hometown heroes for a long time uh still kind of are they've been doing they're playing the orthodox show uh in nashville on their headliner coming back dudes are older than me but they are still sick that's crazy that there's two bands that are coming back for that show because like i've been a yeah. huge left behind fan as well and as soon as i saw them i was like that's yeah. gnarly never have i ever yeah. just wanted to go to nashville just for one off show <laughs> yeah yeah that, that show's gonna be awesome mm-hmm. um but yeah that, that was kind of my impression and then uh we that that night we all i met a lot of people that night like the dude uh, tim that's in um uh fit for an autopsy he was in the world we knew i met him that day um and uh their their singer frank met all those dudes um hundredth had never met met them before that time uh and yeah it was really the the uh the seed that ended up just kind of branching out into a lot of a lot of stuff but every every time i saw gideon for the first fucking year that i knew them i was thinking the same thing like damn we should have more like pylon like vocals or you know like this this energy is just so so awesome and I, I thought it and their their first record like they had an ep that was like the only thing that was out at the time it was like i think they had two eps one was older um but they had one with their vocalist before dan that was out at that time that included all the songs that were on that were re-recorded with dan uh and ended up on costs so yeah like kingdom minded and all of that stuff i was just like blown away yeah well, it's funny because, like, as someone that that the first song I heard was was Virtue, where it's like the mm-hmm. the music video where everyone's like just around them, and yeah, the first I'm in time that I video saw, too. You are in that video. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm um, one of the crowd members. <laughs> um, it, it was just like wild because, like, they had like the super like two guitar riffs at the same time, like one's a breakdown and one's like just this sludgy thing. Yeah. Uh, but they had tracks like that. So, like, it, at least Cost and Milestone, in my opinion, just scratched all the itches that I had as an early heavy music fan. It had that it had the heavy parts. It had, like, the more, like, like groovy, like, slam parts. It had the melodic, really fast stuff. It kind of just played to multiple feels but still felt contained uh, and being unique. So, um, sp- speaking of that, totally. that the, the song Virtue... Because I remember when Daniel was in the band, he was like, oh, like, we can't play that on tour. We can only play that song at home. 
because you yeah. know it's all all the friends that know it but like it just never went off how it would in the in the actual video no he's right he's right <laughs> um we, uh, there... it was great at home yeah yeah is there two there's two videos of that song yes yeah there was a video like um so before they got signed they had they had uh made a video for that song and then after the label gave gave a budget and they redid it that's funny i haven't thought about that in forever but (laughs) is is that video still up yeah it is (laughs) maybe you know if if you're listening to this podcast in a few months maybe it gets taken down but it it was funny just kind of like looking around i was like damn there there is two videos of this one has like Two thousand views, and one, one has fine, like hun- but... you know hundreds of thousands of views on the Facebook channel. That's hilarious. Yeah, I had no idea it was still up. I remember that being a thing, like when it happened, because like I said, we were I like all of us have retreats, and Dan's old band as well, um, the Advocate. Like they were, we were all in that video because it was we were we just needed people, and we were all mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's rock it out. And I think yeah. even Blake. <laughs> probably the funniest thing you know blake hardman he's, he's been in a bunch of bands yeah um blake is there's a scene i think it's like slow motion of blake moshing in the in that video if you look close enough where he's just <laughs> just going hard just hard man going hard i love that exactly yeah exactly. <laughs> um so okay so fast forwarding a little bit here um this this is a, a fun question that i always last like to ask any guests who has like a larger body of work behind them, because you know, you always will have like the cloud, the crowd pleasers, but there's always track that you're like at either as a vocalist, a drummer, a guitar player, you're just like, I'm just, I'm just overplaying this. And I'm just like, <laughs> we're on autopilot for the next little bit. So in yeah. your opinion, and again, this is, you know, this could be different for Jake. This could be different for Dan, for anyone else in the band. What's your, what in your opinion is the most overrated Gideon song? And what's the most underrated from your opinion as the guitarist? Yeah. Uh, Upset some folks. Yeah, no, that's a good question. (laughs) I would say, let me think about our set. I mean, underrated. There are certain songs like, um, let's say overrated. The overrated songs, I'd say like maybe like survive or something like that which is a pretty popular one it's up it's up there in the list but and i love the first riff and and kind of how it's just downbeat whatever so i can't really even like trash it but Mm. (laughs) but as far as playing it goes there were just some things we were trying to do with choruses and and stuff at the time that i was like it seemed like a good idea at the time but i feel like we would have done a lot better now so i'm so i kind of like cringe at if whenever we talk about possibly playing that one i'm like but um <laughs> i will like not I said, survive I love <laughs> another set yeah playing this exactly song. Yeah. exactly and then underrated songs i for sure there's a song called watch me sink which uh was on cold that one and and both that one and the limit which were just my attempts at being super melodic um coming into the band mm. uh both of those songs i'm like Especially Watch Me Sink. I I still fuck with that song so hard. I wish it would have just like taken off. And it's just kind of weird how I wish that it was more 
that more often songs would just kind of go whether they were singles or not, you know, because you there's like if we could just release every song as a single, that would be great. But there's 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 always more than three songs that we care about on right. on a record, and and especially with, with Gideon being like try like making a conscious effort to like add to our musical repertoire like things that we that we can pull off or do well like we for when whenever cal we did callous and and cold especially you know especially callous though we were just like let's try a bunch of shit let's see what happens you know see what sticks throw a bunch of stuff out see what happens uh melodic stuff's some of my favorite because uh like misery signals was my my favorite band for a really long time i still love misery signals um and melodic hardcore was always my favorite like flavor of hardcore mm. um growing up so so yeah like watch me sink is the number one for me that i i'm okay. like this this song could have been something great and and the people that know like know for sure mm-hmm. they love that song but but yeah i think it deserves a little more um can i tell you in my opinion, your most underrated song. Yeah, yeah. I think Maternity off of Milestone is like just such yeah. a good track, especially with the TUI feature in there. Like how short it is know, is right? like so good. <laughs> Leaves me wanting so it's much. It's so more short. <laughs> it yeah. definitely does. I Yeah, that song is awesome. I think we only, since I've been in the band, we've only played it like maybe one tour maybe oh, two tours. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and the TUI feature is very, uh, it kind of flew under the ra- mm-hmm. the radar. I feel like Gideon's had some really cool features over the years that. Yeah. Some of we them all are... had Josta on, like it yeah. doesn't really get yeah. much better than that. <laughs> we got Brian Josta. We got Matt from Kubicon. We got mm-hmm. justice. That's insane. Have you been they able to, to do the justice feature ever? Cause again, like, I, I think it was one of those things where in the couple, the first couple albums, I was like, I I thought y'all flew into the the hardcore category when it came to music, and a lot of people were like, no, like nah. that that's a weird <laughs> take. But like when I saw the the Ty feature, I'm like, these guys know, these guys know what's they up. know. <laughs> yeah. No, we never we never been able to do it. Actually, I believe that I don't think Justice is. As far as I know, he's only ever even acknowledged that that feature like one time on Twitter, like forever ago. Oh, someone because someone just sent him like tagged us and was like, "Yo, that feature," and he said, "We out here," and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, may- so I don't maybe even with the remember. resurgence of TUI. Maybe we can get a Gideon TUI crossing of paths oh, and man. doing it on stage finally. It'd be great. He has such an insane voice, and and. You know, the band was was popping at the time, but they not like they ended up, you know, they were it was still pretty early in TUI's journey that that Justice did that part. Um, you know, I would I would love for him to do another part. It'd be insane on like a modern Gideon song. Oh, uh, totally. I, I keep I keep thinking like I mean it was so long ago it was it wasn't not that it was wasted, but man, like I just imagine it now would be insane. Mm-hmm. same with matt same with ryan and everything yeah it, it is like super especially matt i want matt on another song oh dude really bad. like 
it's it's funny too because I think Kublai Khan and Gideon and my like at, at least y'all at the were kind of starting around the same time, and I felt like you had similar outlooks when it came to the heavy music, but Gideon obviously obviously leaned a lot more like into the melodic side like you were saying mm-hmm. the third and fourth albums like that's where it was like okay let's just try a bunch of stuff um mm-hmm. but yeah they've been able just to like become like gods in in yeah. down sphere <laughs> like i don't know how else to say it no i honestly i love it because it's just like when i first saw gideon when i saw kubakon i mean we were just playing we just played some random show in texas and kubakon was on i think we I believe it was the same night. I like we stayed with Matt in his apartment, or like it was some kind of like like a bunch of dudes living in an apartment. We stayed with them on tour, and then it was we just kind of kept in touch. And we haven't even we've played a couple tours together, but not as, not as much as I wish we we could have. But to to watch him watch them just do what they've done, and I love. I love Randy who recorded their, you know, recorded our last couple of records and recorded all like the last few for them too. You know, it's just like, we have a lot of parallels and we, we came up very, very close together. And I mean, that was the whole point of Matt being on a song was just like, we believed in KubeCon. That was, you know, at the time it was just like, Oh dude, this guy is so unique and this band's so heavy. He needs to be on a fucking song it's sweet you know i'm super glad that you brought this up because i was gonna save uh, a personal anecdote towards the end of the episode because i already shared one so early and a lot of people mm-hmm. would be like spencer talks too much on this podcast but like <laughs> people need to understand that gideon is a super important band in my life and and here, oh, here's man. why uh gideon and 100th were on tour in canada this is before the gideon uh van accent fiasco that you guys unfortunately had to do in 2016 so this is 2012 at the time yes um there was a dude from toronto who was filling on filling in on guitar because i think blake was unavailable so this is back when daniel uh is playing in the band saw i had like some christian streetwear like windbreaker or some shit and he like pointed it out asked if i had a place to stay and like Never have I ever had a band over, you know, crashing at my parents' house at the time. And I'm like calling my dad outside the show being like, please, <laughs> like it's getting in hundredth. Like you don't understand. So eventually I convinced them, um, you know, parents have a huge ass, you know, basement. Everyone's got like stuff. Jake is like having two showers cause he smells so bad. And like, he's like freaking out by like the shampoo that I had. Cause it's like making his head tingle. I actually, <laughs> my, I was talking to my mom about this as we were prepping for the, the podcast and she sent me this photo. I'll put it here on the screen, Jordan, but like that's everyone the morning of, <laughs> so there's Jake in the middle and then yeah. Tim, I Timmy. Think. Yeah. yeah. And Timmy. then a bunch of the old hundredth dudes. Um, so that's anyways, so funny. <laughs> Daniel pulls out his 2009, 2010, whatever MacBook, um, And he's showing me, this is, milestones isn't out yet and he's like yeah just like you know showing me on his like itunes and he shows me the song still alive and i was yeah. like oh yeah this is cool and then it gets to the matt feature and i like something <laughs> like the glass of my brain just broke and i'm like who is this 
and he's like, oh, this is our friend from a band from Texas, and that song, like, like ever since then, I've been following them. But even after the album came out, I was able to like digest the lyrics a little bit more. It like really resonated um, with me when it came to just like uh, my sibling at the time was just going through a, a lot of stuff. So it was like a really it helped me a lot in the stuff that was happening in their world, which also affected our family. So the very first tattoo I got was the those lyrics, thick or thin, good or bad, on my feet. So I kind of accredit uh, it as like a Gideon and a Kulbaikon tattoo in a way. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, it's so awesome, cr- Without you guys thinking, hey, this band, Kulbaikon, like they need just a bump. So let's put them on the album. Like that bump definitely worked. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's very, that's very I, full circle. Yeah. You know, obviously like Kulbaikon would have, would have kept doing what they what they were doing and i'm sure it would have worked either way uh mm-hmm. but it but we did what we could to to help along the situation because like i said we just believed in them like and i still do they're, they're some of my i mean they're one of my favorite bands and the, some of my favorite people on this whole planet so mm-hmm. um so we got a little off the rails when it came to um the underrated overrated section you brought up yes. survive <laughs> as being an, an overrated track and we we're talking about some music videos is there a re do you know why the comments of that music video turned off no i didn't even know that yeah i i wasn't sure if there was a specific reason i was just like going through and i was like what i would say it might have been it was probably face down I'm, i'm assuming because uh it was probably after we put out out of control i would assume like they were probably people just going going hard in the comments. <laughs> That's I the only thing I could think. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> I might have to inquire about that actually. Yeah. Yeah. See there's there's a on. few few music videos post this podcast that I got an email about the old virtue yeah. one and, and this one. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that that song, like to to your point, I do think that it was definitely like I think callous and cold. There was like a lot of stuff. I was like, okay, they're they're real. They're really trying to to find some places, but like out of control was like definitely like okay, we're just doubling down on this heavy music stuff, and yeah, it it worked. And even like two albums in between, all of the stuff that you guys are kind of being put on a pedal a pedestal for, you know, that's that's a lot of pressure for a band. But I think you guys like kind of totally broke through that that brick that brick wall so to speak yeah i mean like cold was uh, up until cold like when cold came out like nothing nothing kind of compared to to how that that did in our eyes and like the the quality of the record was the best like at the time that we we felt like we had ever done and uh we just i think uh after Callist, we felt like we had something to prove, uh, you know, we always kind of do, and maybe every band always does, but we, we felt it was really imperative that we, that we like worked really hard to make sure that that cold was something good. Cause uh, yeah, looking back like that callous, I listened to it like a few months ago and I just have this general feeling that like, it's not my favorite record. Like that's my least favorite record that we have. Mm. Um, 
and I I did go back and listen. And I was like, okay, there's some there's some cool stuff, but the 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 uh, the mix is a little weird. The uh, I don't even know what happened, like how the mix got the way that it did. And at the time, we were like, oh, this sounds pretty good. But now I listen to it, I'm like, what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, so Cold was there was a lot of pressure to make that good. And then when it when people liked Cold and uh, and those some of those songs were the were the songs to beat. And so everything after that, it was again more and more pressure every time. Uh, but then without a control, it was more like like let's forget about that pressure and let's like just do whatever we felt like doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the, the title speaks to, to that as well. You know, it's just like, we just wanted to, to just go super hard. And that was, that was it in mm-hmm. every direction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's also like in the midst of like, you know, you guys are kind of in this weird thing. Like, you know, we're all speculating here, but there was all this like, you guys were a band that had this like pushback from, you know, building an audience that has, you know, you know, the, the Christian like hardcore demographic. And then you have a thing and we can talk about as little or as much as this as you want, but as who is a cult fan of you guys and going through like a similar experience when it came to like, just kind of like realizing that I grew up in this bubble and there's a lot more to life and other things uh, when it came to it. It just kind of like doubled down on my opinion about like just how everyone's this like super righteous person, but like will just condemn and and damn anyone who's like mm-hmm. struggling, you know, air quotes here. Yeah. But like, yeah, totally. I just felt bad for you guys. I'm like, who are these people? And like, whether that, you know, pushed, you know, face down to turn comments off or like, like, like it was just so toxic to see. Fans who were like pulling old lyrics and being like and shoving it in your face to a degree. And I was like, what the oh, fuck is man. going on here? Why can't these guys just like make the music that they want to? And then like, I don't know. Like, and again, like it's a it's a dead horse at this point, but I just wanted to say as like, no, totally a fan of yours. I'm like, I thought it was so unwarranted and so just gross to see that. No, I I appreciate your making sure I'm cool talking about it because I some people just that's all they would want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of coming to terms like I don't me personally like this is I, I'm I feel like I'm the most willing to talk about it cuz cuz I feel like it's important. Um you know, not talking about it to me is a little you know, it doesn't address the the issues that that came up because of that. Um and I still and you know, it brings into the question like whether I still you know, feel as you know intense about it as we did when we did when we did out of control and i I think it's a it's an ever-evolving situation um in a way you know like i feel it's i've come to terms with with that it was really it was a difficult thing and more difficult for some dudes and than other dudes in the band um to see all of that stuff because it's just you know imagine go if, if you've been through that in whatever capacity you know in just normal life you know how how difficult that is just let alone being in the spotlight about that very particular part of your life um and yeah man it's so intense when you really break it down uh to have people just 
basically just just so angry at you for that when it's such a thing that like at times you're that angry with yourself like it, it's a hurtful thing to go through it's like it, it's it feels like starting over in a lot of sense uh, uh building new coping mechanisms and just life in general uh and all along like you're just trying to do what you need to do to stay sane literally you know mm-hmm. and and that and at in that very peak of a moment there's people just screaming shit down your throat about how you're a fake and you're you're just you know spitting the lyrics back at you like you've just made it all up for mm-hmm. for all those years and it's like man i understand on the other hand i understand what it feels like to be on the other side of that because that that was me when i was a kid if a band like wasn't christian i was like what's wrong with this band you know like what happened like what is what is because i didn't there's no perspective there's no real perspective you just see the one side of it and one if you ever get to that point in your life i'm you know i'd like to think we've gotten like messages from people who were upset who a year later like they're right where we where we are and they're Mm. like oh shit and have sent us you know and i don't require an apology because like i said i i understand the the uh i understand the like the feeling behind that it's very it's such a personal thing it feels like a personal attack when when someone when you think that someone's denying what you base your entire life around you know yeah so uh so yeah i mean it's it's one of those things i can like i can smile and laugh about but really it is is like it is kind of just a sad situation when it comes down to it um but i'm i'm so thankful for people saying things like what you said like who like that was our kind of driving force behind it was like we knew that there we weren't the only ones dealing with that and so we wanted to kind of capture the feelings that that other that that you get when you go through that you know Mm-hmm. And I hope we did well enough to to help some people, you know. Yeah, like I think it was just like, especially with like the first main track of Out of Control being Sleep and like that undoubtedly mm-hmm. is like the middle finger to all those people. Um, but like to your point, I do think that there is like, I understand where the feelings come from, but I think a lot of people will just like feel like they need to like direct that anger to someone else and you know misery loves company and that's like kind of a a vicious Mm -hmm. cycle there versus like oh why do i feel this way and how does like what in the long term of things has does this have anything to do with me because we create all these like parasocial relationships with these bands especially bands who are like you know putting out documentaries and being like very up in the front where you know you and i like i've i've seen gideon a couple of times like we've been you know i've been filming i I filmed getting once like very early days of scope because we also film bands in in addition to doing this podcast but like this is the first time that we're having an interaction but like you know i feel like i've watched a lot of you but i'm also like checking myself to know that you know tyler has no idea who we are except for you know the (laughs) you know 40-ish minutes that we've been recording thus far so yeah yeah it's like music is kind of an interesting thing where it's like it is art but like bands need to evolve sonically and i think you guys evolved as people and that like 
either hit a nerve on some people that are in their very early stages of growth themselves or you know yeah. they're trying to like contain this whole like religion shit in a box and nothing can touch it and it's this veil and it's like no nah, no nah. like, yeah. the world's just much more complicated than that you know you'll grow up and you'll nah. get a little wiser but yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I don't want to discount people's like like experience and because I, it really was great for me in a lot of ways and i there's so many good things i learned from from growing up that way that i'll always carry with my with i'll always carry but uh but yeah man it's it is a it's hurt like like you said there's some some people it's just that they're in the early stages of that and i and i understand the the complete denial the like the like you you don't want everything that you've that you believe in to crumble around you like nobody mm -hmm. wants that to happen in it and if something it's kind of hinting that it's like, and this could happen, you know, like I understand being angry. Um, but like you said, it's like that, that actually doesn't have anything to do with me. That's actually something to do with your, with their journey with it. You know what I mean? And it, it, it shouldn't bother you like that if you can really, but the, but the thing is that most of them don't, don't feel like we're being authentic with it. And that that's, that's where it kind of we struggle with it you know what i mean because mm -hmm. it's like if you knew what was going on in our heads and our lives this this entire time you wouldn't even speak on it you know mm -hmm. but uh but but you do it's such a insult to injury mm -hmm. you know yeah i think like like we're kind of like working through the discography here um like no love like that two song EP that you guys dropped that came out before out of control. Yeah. 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 So, and, and that was like, um, I heard on a, uh, you said a cuss word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The first cuss like, word. Oh no. <laughs> they said it. Yep. We got to bleep it now. Yep. Um, it yep. the, the, the sticker on the release now, but, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> that like that release, that song was like, okay, this is where we're going. Even like sonically, it was just so different compared to like uh, anything else that I've heard from from y'all, especially like the last breakdown. Like, mm -hmm. like I remember hearing that, but then like you guys kind of are in that like metal uh, sphere where there will be reaction channels, and just watching a few mm -hmm. of those on people's like initial reaction to it, it was like, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I I definitely <laughs> wanted to smash a chair over my friend's head as well when I heard that. <laughs> But out of control yeah. was like, I love those videos. We're going to dig our heels into this. And like, you know, like there's so many just wildly good tracks on there. And then I feel like, like the latest record is just like that, you know, that layup to the slam dunk, uh, that continuation <laughs> of it. So I have to applaud you guys for, you know, sticking to your guns and just, you know, just like not letting all the noise and like not even just like the general like i think this band sucks noise but like all yeah, of this yeah. overwhelming noise that extra noise that extra yeah. like the the noise that almost like actually has you know people that have like ridden with you versus just a random dude that doesn't like that likes pantera you know <laughs> yeah 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 we kind of have we kind of see this whole journey all that negative stuff as as something to bring us closer with the people that like you said, that I've stuck around that have seen, seen the progression. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, you can definitely choose to look at that as a, as a positive, something that, that binds us together a little like tighter than some bands that maybe don't have that chapter in their, in their story, you know? Um, so I, that's not lost on us. And like, especially, you know, we try to, we try to consider that when we're, when we're writing music and like those to me, like those kind of fans are like, that's our most important type of fan to us, you know? Do you, do you uh, see that and, at the shows that you're playing where there's people who are like, hey, I was around during the the cost unworthy, like the kingdom minded days. And then there's the people that only found out about you guys through no love. Are you are you able to kind of like pick through when you look out in the crowd or it needs uh, to be like, I have to have that no, conversation for sure. to find it out? Yeah, for sure. For the most part, I, I can look at and be like, all right, that guy went the cornerstone festival or like, you know <laughs> <laughs> that guy was at sunshine mm-hmm. you know purple door or whatever like now it's uh it's such a it is it's getting harder and harder because we're doing the kind of tours that we've done over the last few years you know touring with bands like wage war i'd say that's the best example wage war as like a very their their fan their fan base is so like so some such a mixture between like radio metal fans and metalcore nerds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the like the metalcore subreddit kids like that are just like this is, you know, all about metalcore like kids are into hardcore, you know. Yeah. Um like there's such a mix of that and the older like even the older Christian like group. Like it's kind of it's like our fan base on steroids. So, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, it is, it gets a little, but for the most part, it's like, I, we definitely still get that. Like, Oh, I've been around for forever. I, I just, I love that. If you're still here now and you were, and you heard costs and, and milestone, then you're, you're my kind of person basically, because I know that you're, you can handle that, and you can handle this, which are very extreme differences, you know? Yeah. You know, relatively. So speaking of uh, being a nerd, I have a little segment that I've prepared, and I hope, you know, Gideon started as a band that had two guitars, and then now it's kind of like just you, you know, sometimes you'll throw, like, a little backing track if, you know, instead of doing some pedal board dancing to get the certain tone Mm -hmm. of that. But... I wanted to do a Gideon breakdown quiz because okay. as an early fan of this band, it was just like trying to like, it wasn't just like the typical like triplets or the, you know, just chugging st- straight through. There was always like songs like that. I'm like, okay, that's one and then two and then two, then a hold one. And then it was like yeah. kind of like <laughs> being technical without being overly technical. Um, but it actually like made me think about it. So I have a song yeah. from each release and I want you to mouth the breakdown if you can remember it. Um, and then I have okay. a Spotify queued up <laughs> if we need to uh, make sure, h- how, you know, give you a grade. Back check per, me. Per se. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, um, let's try it. Okay. So first one is Unworthy. So this okay. is, you know, for, for those that don't know, is the song that has a guitar riff, but then also a breakdown happening at the same time. I'm talking about that breakdown progression underneath the riff that's riding through there that happens at the beginning and the end okay 
Um, uh, let me think about this. I can mouth the guitar riff if that will be helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I have to get through it. A no, bit. it's fine. We haven't played this song in a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, why am I blinking on it? I know this song. I'm thinking of the. Sorry, so this, all this so there's there's the two chugs and then there's two triplets. That's the only hint they'll give you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's what's throwing me off, to be honest, is the uh, the cost intro. Um, oh yes, is is the uh, because we always play them together, mm -hmm. and that 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 one is just banging in my head right now, and it's mm -hmm. and it's throwing it off, but. It goes over that riff? Am I crazy? <laughs> so it's ba 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 yeah, yeah. God damn. Why? What took me so long? I mean, if you guys haven't played it in so long, it's like I have way more breakdowns to be concerned about. I wasn't sure if we should bounce around the discography or just work from from the back. Uh, just try. Or... Just keep going. Just, yeah. Just whatever. Uh, this was probably probably a little bit easier. Uh, Prodigal Son. <laughs> yeah. Prodigal Son intro. <laughs> And then you hit yeah. just the open. You got that one. We just played that. Yeah, we just played that one. So yeah, <laughs> that song when that dropped, I was like, "Okay, need to buy a phaser right now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I I understand that. I I was, uh, I think I can't remember where they got that from. It was either Barry or Dead or like a like a. Um, very corny maybe seven seven dust or something mm. i think it was seven dust they get they got that idea from yeah but yeah and it immediately it, i think it felt like oh no one's using a, a phaser and metal so let's just do it yeah. i <laughs> i went we still through, do it i went through like two or three to find one that still blended well with my high gain head because like yeah a, a, a like a phase 90 would just get like it wasn't enough so I had to yep. get like I found a weird Chinese uh, pedal company called Aria, and it was like okay. a perfect blend. I think I still have it. It's it's around here somewhere. But um, yeah, I, I definitely ripped off a riff from from <laughs> just off of that song. Um, okay, on to on to Callist, the yeah. Savage intro, second song on the record. Um. I, I like tabbed. I tabbed these out, and I'm even blanking on what it is. Do you want to play like? I'll play like two seconds of it. Yeah, play two seconds. All right. Fuck! <laughs> it's you know what's funny is <laughs> we. The, all of these songs are such just variations of another of 
of another part. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's like <laughs> they're so similar. Right. That this that 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 could have literally been like ten different songs. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's dun dun da da dun da dun dun. Oh, da 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 da. Maybe I'll just play it. Yeah, that has a little squeal in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucked up the end. This one's easier. Another song we never played live. Right. Yeah. Do you play any songs off of Callus Live? Um, me not on the last tour. Mm. but uh that was maybe the first time in a while we'd done that but mm. yeah not very many if any are, are there any songs <laughs> off of costs or milestones that are you like we have to throw one of these in there i guess like you mentioned yeah Particle Sun. bad blood oh bad, bad blood, blood before for that. sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. No. we just like that one has always been such a good live song whether people do it or not and mm. so we just continue to throw that one in there yeah well, like, I think we've maybe done like one or two tours ever where we didn't play that one. It's kind of crazy. Uh, okay, next. Now we're into costs. This one's easier. Just the cursed verse. So not the Dana wee wee. The part after that. Oh wait, and uh, and cold. No, for curse. Or you saying curse? Yeah, yeah. Curse. Okay, you said costs at first, so I was. Like, oh, oh, sorry. I think I might have <laughs> mixed mixed those two up because you know. They're both a, a four-letter C word, so not the four-letter no. C word everyone's thinking about, but yeah, different four-letter. <laughs> we got a lot of four-letter C words. It's true. Uh, it's true. <laughs> um, the breakdown is that what you're talking about, or yeah, not the during the just call me. Didn't oh, I don't want to give it away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gets confusing. Before we get into it, because I know like Jake has always been just like cracked on like the syncopation aspect. And I think that this is what I was mentioning at the beginning of the episode where it's like some of Gideon's music is just like, oh, to to enhance the groove element of a breakdown, everything needs to be together. No, yep. like everyone's off doing their own thing. And we're all kind of in the, like, we need to all be on mm-hmm. like this one way street. Does, does yep. the syncopation aspect happen in the riff when you're writing it now? Or is it like Jake being like, just fucking around at jam and you're like, oh, I need to match all that now. Most of the time, most of the time it's like writing the, the riff first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then it's it's it just goes it just evolves from there basically. Mm-hmm. Usually it's it's the riff and we're and we're always just like come on Jake learn the learn the uh, the exact perfect pattern you know for this part. I know it's a lot to memorize, but <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Caleb and I both like we we like to demo out our songs and and it'll we program a ton of drums and and then Jake makes them just a thousand times better (laughs) yeah dude is like in like one of my favorite drummers in that like in that space y'all are playing in right now like just everything is so tasteful and like just a robot so shout out to jake he's 
he's amazing he's amazing yeah, i've played a lot of music with that dude <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. so now we're on to uh out of control uh the take me uh first guitar riff when everything comes in yeah dun 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 yeah 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 i think so yeah that's yeah. pretty much it <laughs> that that breakdown as far as being so adhd like mm-hmm. where it's like dun 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 oh yeah because i think jake would do like drum like studio videos before yeah he did one of that hype yeah he did one of that i'm like what do you play over that? <laughs> yeah, Caleb, Caleb kind of came up. This is one of those things that like the part of the process that people don't think about a lot is like if somebody programs something like Caleb made made that breakdown, you know, mm-hmm. and he had like a lot of those little things in it. And it's probably something that like a drummer maybe wouldn't have sat down and just like been like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, like, so whatever. Uh, But Jake made it like more, like made it made way more sense, make more sense. But it's Mm -hmm. part of the process. Like you got like the seed of, of this riff that's probably impossible, you know, like drums were probably impossible to play, like the way it was originally written, possibly, you know, sometimes it's like that. And then he comes in and it's just like, does it right, you know, does mm-hmm. it the right way. And it is part of like that culmination of like someone who is not the drummer making something. And then the drum, this is totally a guitar player saying this because drummers are probably like, fuck you. Like this should... <laughs> <laughs> guitar, guitarists, <laughs> guitarists, program drums are the worst, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but that's the you know intro, I mean? like... Jordan. You gotta have that. <laughs> uh it's i i totally get that but i do think to me as a biased guitar player i think it's uh it's part of a it's it's a good way to come up with something creative as someone who for all intents and purposes doesn't really know what they're doing and then they're just like i don't know here's something make it make it right mm-hmm. and they're like what is he trying to do ah, yeah. do it like this you know some of those parts it kind of lends to the creativity of it and i think that's one not always but that's yeah. that's definitely yeah i think that there are some bands that can like they have a drummer that like is so just like i'm just here to serve the song but i can flex mm-hmm. if i want to like i think mm-hmm. like turnstile is a great example of that where like i think yeah. daniel is like one of the best drummers but like he is just there to serve the song and then when he can like flash a little bit then that's that's really really cool but then there are yeah. some drummers that can like not like be like fill core if you know what i mean like just doing a fill every single like part but i yeah. feel like jake is like i feel like he's like parkouring almost when he's playing drums it's like everything <laughs> yeah. flows together but everything has style and you know when he does a part that's like in take me that we're talking about that and then he's just going mm-hmm. back to like the classic no. you know yeah we're almost at like a, a like a, a metallica like part in in the chorus to balance it out like it's just like mm-hmm. you know? yeah just a simple thing i i think that the juxtaposition of those is very important to to gideon's style too it's like we very intentionally flex on patterns and stuff like that when we feel like it it's really gonna make a difference and uh 
and utilizing what what tools we have means Jake goes hard on on every song at some point. Totally. Uh, um, you know, and as he should, as he should. Uh, okay, last yeah. one. We're now at the the last record, um, yeah. or the most recent. Uh, if you love me, let me go. Because there's like a main breakdown progression, and then there's one that's kind of like layered in the mix there. Yeah, uh, there's the if you love me, let me go. Yeah, it's got like the not like the full raining blood, like just the hits, like yeah, all that thing for stuff. That's that's the uh, that kind of breakdown is what to me like that's the throwback to you know bad blood and and those like what they were doing that was very special before I before I joined with them to me mm. was that kind of breakdown where be, like um, I've heard kid like I think I've heard like seen comments of people being like oh this is like genty or like whatever you know I just think it it's important to be like, Hey, look, look what, I mean, to us, it's like, it makes sense to syncopate like that on things that are kind of difficult to remember that one in particular doesn't like, it doesn't repeat for the whole pattern and then just goes, just starts over basically, but it doesn't repeat. It's not like it's like every bar is like, you know, it's like, this is not going to repeat. You just have to memorize it. Like, yeah. And, and to, in a sense that kind of speaks to, uh, like I'm a huge fan of Mashuga and, and doing polyrhythms is, is one thing, which is, you know, you're memorizing like a, a short thing and you're repeating it in a weird way, you know, basically you're, but you're, you're not really memorizing a long thing. You're memorizing something short and then you're memor- memorizing where it where it starts over, which is kind of a different thing. But it kind of shows when a band does something that's like doesn't repeat, but it's still catchy somehow. Like that, that's a feat in itself to me, and that's okay. what. So, uh, and it shows to the it shows how much time you put into it because we all have to memorize this fucking long ass thing and do it and do it perfectly exactly at the same time, you yeah. know. Um, maybe, you know, we, we've gone through the discography. I, I feel like if I had to give you a grade, uh, for doing it on the spot breakdown quiz, I think I would give you a solid B, B minus C plus. Yeah. Yeah. C plus. I'll take a C plus. Was, C's get degrees. So yeah, <laughs> I passed, but you know, nothing at special. what cost pun intended. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's your favorite breakdown? That Gideon favorite put, breakdown put out um, in the Gideon camp. Of that one that we just did is one of my favorite. Like it might be my favorite right now. Um, if you love me, let me go. That if you song? love me, let me go. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but no, no. Let's say. Uh, I mean, honestly, the the end of No Love is just really hard to beat. Mm-hmm. That one is. That one is it. Maybe it's because it's also tied to like the feelings that happen because of that song, and like you know the the um, reception of that of that part, maybe. But really, it just 
I was so proud that we that we came up with that when we did because it's just really hard to beat for for anybody. Yeah, like go out and try to beat that. We'll see. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love that part. That is oh, great. dude, it's so good. Um, so the other aspect, you know, we we've talked about getting a whole schweck of a lot uh, on this podcast, mm-hmm. but obviously, you know. You also play another band that goes way back to, you know, the first time that, um, you know, as Hell Retreats didn't play Sunshine Fest when I was there, but I'm pretty sure that I was like, there was like a face down tent or, or I, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a face down tent, but maybe like plea for purging, like put up your guys as like shirts or, or whatever. Like, I remember seeing a shirt for sale up there. I was like, oh, is as we might have played here, but we could have played. Maybe. Did you? Uh, I like for a very long time, like everything that Gideon did as Howard Treats did and vice versa. Oh, so I see. Uh, we did seven tours together. Oh yeah, you did you guys did play that. Cause it was um yeah, because I, I was like searching. We played for Sunshine it. a couple times. Yeah. Uh Plea for Purging, For Today, Gideon, War of Ages uh and then i think the next day was as hell retreats closer eyes demon hunter oh demon uh, i the breather norma jean yeah. texas in july and sleeping giant Man. yes yeah that checks out mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so, so we, we were play. there yeah we also played winnipeg uh in a long time ago with that star retreats i don't i don't remember what year but it was scream the prayer tour we played oh yeah was that? I think War of Ages was on it. Was that tour mm-hmm. like? Did a, a few people like not be able to get across the border? So there's a bunch of fill-ins. That's definitely possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't I rem- remember. I think exactly, I remember but... seeing some bands. I'm like, why is so and so from this band also like? That, that was the most <laughs> member swap thing, at yeah. least at the time for me that I had ever saw. I was like, oh, I guess this is a thing That's to funny. make it happen. So. Yeah, it could have been me for all I know. I could have been the one playing. I played with Sleeping Giant like so many times back in the day, dude. Uh, because they just never had us like the same people playing right. for them. Yeah, that is so wild. Um, so I didn't even know what we were talking about. Oh yeah, it's all retreats. Um, so you guys yeah. haven't done much as a band, but only in the last couple of years have announced, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're working on some things." I think you guys like you know yeah. put out some new music there's like i think i think i remember seeing that that like phone video where it's like you the bass player and i think blake is playing blake in the band and you guys are just like just just riffing but like the excitement i saw from people was was wild so like what's (laughs) cooking for you guys right now yeah well um it's kind of simmered down a little bit right now just because we're blake and i are so busy but um we we started writing over a year ago over over covid we started writing um just a couple tracks like we i don't know we've always been throwing around we've always thrown around the idea of of doing one more record um with as retreats because we put out a concept record for our last record and it was like supposed to be a multi-part story and uh when we so when we broke up it was like the stories left on a cliffhanger <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, 
like a real cliffhanger uh, where this the story has like a main character, like a young dude. And at the end of that, of that album, he's like in a hospital bed unconscious. So it's like really didn't finish the story at all. Mm. Um, and it's still like, a, it's still cool, like in how it is, but we need to, we need to kind of wrap it up. We feel because any there still to this day, like because of that concept, record like people talk to me about that record like often still mm. um and we were home blake and i home at the same time i mean we when i blake played in nasa retreats before i even played in the band mm. uh he's the one that got me got me into the band so whenever we're home at the same time is when we're we we've been working on these songs um i think we've written like five or six songs um one of them or a couple of them are recorded only one that we released has has the vocals done but we we uh were doing a reunion you know it was like 10 years since we broke up which is insane um but we did it so we did a 10-year reunion and we were like we have to wrap up at least one of these songs mm. before before it happens yeah so yeah and the songs that we have are so so insane and it's cool for me like i that was my thing for a very long time it was seven string progressive heavy you know um solos ripping you know trying to shred at 17 years old whatever but uh <laughs> uh so there's so much of that and it's like so much better now than it was back then because we were we were just kids and i think we've grown a lot in our as musicians and all that so yeah, we're still just slowly chipping away at that, at that. And then one day we'll just randomly drop a record. <laughs> I'm I'm curious, like when you're writing for that, like, is it very easy for you to like go right back to that style? Cause like, you know, there's there's different like surges of trends where like, you know, there's a whole sea of bands to start because there's a flagship band that's like killing it. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's not and it's yeah. not because it's like copycats per se, but it's like a lot of people are getting inspired and they want to do another um, project. But like, let's be honest, there's straight up people who are just trying to copycat and, and rip the style. That's for sure. But, for um, sure. you know, like it, it as Hall Retreats, it was like just musically like, like there's not a lot like that. Like, I, like, you know, mm -hmm. it seems like, y'all were kind of like tied with plea for purging by the hip to a degree but like i would argue mm -hmm. that like plea for purging was like ahead of their time as well like i feel like they totally. would be ginormous if they came out like in the middle of nah. you know covid <laughs> or, or whatever but yeah um, yeah like is it easy for you to like go back to that or do you find yourself writing you're like oh this is like for sure like a 2020s kind of like metal kind of riff or is it easy for you to like go back to the the influences when you were like you know in your teens like you were saying yeah uh it's not too it's not too bad it's honestly it might even be easier than writing a gideon song at this point because i've written so much gideon and i've written like two records of of I've written way more Gideon than than as hell now. So I oh, okay. there's there's less to like less has been done basically in my eyes. Mm. Um and also there are things there were goals that we had with writing as hell retreats back in the day that we just weren't 
knowledgeable enough to pull off, I guess, mm-hmm. in a sense. So like certain kinds of riffs that I was like, I wish we could sound like this, but we just didn't know how to. Um, and uh, even down to like, like gent wasn't a, wasn't a thing or wasn't even coined yet at the time when we, when we made that as our treats record, they were little, there were little techniques and what I would consider like a guitar ghost note, you know, like a little false chug or like, you know, that stuff almost didn't exist. And now it's, it's very, uh, it's widespread in, in any kind of technical metal or even metalcore, you know, it's just that kind of stuff where you're just like, making rhythm with your guitar in between your chugs like that's that's normal now yeah but when we tracked the record like brian hood recorded it and he he was like i don't even know what you're trying to do like what is it supposed to sound like right (laughs) so so there's things like that where it's like we're way way more equipped to make this better than than it was before um and and it's kind of exciting whenever i just don't have that enough like it would be done if i wasn't busy at all i would i would have finished that forever ago but right and and what's cool is we also started writing stuff on eight strings because it's this the eight string now is equivalent to what the the seven string was at the, the time eight is that the makes new sense. seven i got you. basically yeah and <laughs> and it and for the type of music it opens a ton of doors for for trying to write what we're what we were doing totally. uh makes makes a lot more shit possible. So like the the one that we released, uh that's on an eight string. And I think I think all of the ones we've written so far are eight string. Um so which is crazy. I had never really even played an eight string before mm-hmm. we started doing that. I played seven strings for a very long time. And I actually didn't have a seven string for for a few years until recently when I started playing with another artist that required me to have seven string and I was like I'm back, baby. I got, I got, <laughs> back I got to my roots. Yeah, here we go. Let's go. It, it's uh, so funny. I love it. It's so funny, like how you're totally right that like all of that stuff was like pre-gent being like an actual genre. Like you know, yeah. it turned into like like that was just like a funny way to describe a sound, and now it's like a full yeah. on uh, thing of music. <laughs> and it's definitely like there are certain bands that I'm like. I can tolerate it as far as like, you know, the, the goats being like Meshuggah, but like any new band, I'm like, you know, I, I've heard the same thing a million times at this point, but like I watched the, the matriarch. Um, that's the, like the the music video you guys did the last breakdown. There's like a fucking camera shot where it's just like up from the guitar. And it's just (laughs) like, like that is like, yeah. Uh, like that's the zoom in of what gent was going to become but you guys were just like five years or even like more early um yeah it's just wild it's wild that i you know how things all kind of <laughs> happen in the way that they do yeah i actually that part the part that you're talking about it has like a you know an eerie guitar whatever and then it goes into that heavy part mm-hmm. there's um a mashugas there's a Meshuggah song that came out like many years after that record that does the exact same two notes <laughs> that are in oh, that part. And, okay. um, you know, those kinds of things, I feel like it's just, it was just a matter of time before somebody wrote, wrote those notes into <laughs> a heavy part. Like, you know, it's not, right. it's part of the scale that like made sense or whatever. So I'm not trying to 
to act like I think Meshuggah ripped this off. But, but if anything, to me, it shows shows that we were on the right path of like what we thought it should sound like. And then Meshuggah did it. And it was like, yeah, so we we're right. So yeah. that's, that is what it should sound like. Yeah. Great, great minds think alike, whether it's, you yeah. know, as hell retreats yeah. or Meshuggah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the other quick thing I wanted to hit on here, Tyler, is, you know, another kind of thing in your world when it comes to playing music is there's an artist by the name of zero who i guess like has a backing band i don't know if that's the correct way to say it but yeah it's kind of like all of gideon minus dan so yeah <laughs> i just want to know like how that came to be did he just like come to a show and was like yo gideon like is the fucking tits <laughs> and i need to have that talented of musicians in, in the mix of it or was there something else in there no i that would have been cool that, that, <laughs> that sounds like a cooler story but <laughs> now what happened is um oddly enough gideon's old guitar player daniel mm -hmm. uh that you've mentioned a couple times uh, daniel is a booking agent now right uh he's pretty successful at what he's doing very successful he he books zero um and was booking him from from the beginning basically uh and at the end of or like when touring's first started coming back you know metal metalcore we were like the last ones to come back because for a lot of reasons um but so all these y'all want to hit each other in this yeah, pandemic too no close way. <laughs> <laughs> way too close you want to touch no no that's not happening yeah so you know we were just stuck at home and you know rap and pop and rock whatever like um active rock radio rock whatever you want to call it was like already on on the road and uh so he needed a band it was actually for his first tour ever and we're just sitting at home just biting our nails basically and and daniel who you know like i said he's he's their agent but daniel is he wears many hats and he's always trying to connect artists you know that he works with with other artists and help with features and all this stuff that's very overreaching for a for, for a booking agent but very mm -hmm. cool and helpful um and this is one of those things he was like you need a band i'm booking the tour i want you to you know you got these tour offers and you need a band, but I know just the guys. And so he initially, he, he had a band. They played a couple shows and I guess none of them were, were available or wanted to do it. And so he hit up initially just Jake and Jake was kind of like Jake's Jake's never played in any other band, but Gideon ever uh, previous wild. to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His first band was Gideon, you know, like he hardly knew how to play drums when he first started playing yeah, and just kind of learned along the way. So yeah. he, he uh, you know, understandably was just like, I, I don't know how to do this. It's kind of scary to go play with somebody else. Like, so he told them like, if you need a guitar player, like let's just, uh, you should get Tyler. He can, he can do whatever you need and just kind of brought me, looped me in on, on the situation pretty early and then so yeah we just all flew flew out there just super nervous jake and i just extremely over prepared for the situation <laughs> practiced way more we thought it was going to be so you know i don't know like we're going into this super professional 
situation and, it, and to an extent it was but we were like oh we're good we're fine yeah. we, we we know how to play the songs and that's better than than a lot of people in this in this world or whatever so yeah we just kind of connected with him and went on his first tour we actually kind of had to we didn't know it was his first tour and we didn't know that we were going to be the only ones that kind of knew what was happening yeah we're the we season there, but that's yeah <laughs> which is such a weird weird feeling uh mm. i still like i'm coming to terms with the fact that we're that we're not the the new kids anymore mm. but sometimes I just, it still feels like that and especially moving into a, a space that's new to us i'm like yeah i'm the new i'm the new guy here but we get there and we're like no we're we're the veterans yeah, <laughs> and so really we kind of yeah walked them through how to how to be on tour how to put it together like what how to travel all of that mm -hmm. what was like the the biggest like thing to you that was like this is just this is like basic touring 101 knowledge but to him was like <laughs> you have to do that or i can do that like were there anything yeah. that was like dude like well i guess welcome to welcome to the shit you know like was there anything specifically yeah. that was like oh that's not just basic <laughs> common sense there was everything <laughs> it was everything <laughs> uh i mean like first day gone or like right as we're about to leave i'm like uh what are we what are we traveling in and they're like we got we, we got a 15 passenger i'm like okay cool we can you know that's what we use it's fine yeah uh and and they're like yeah so it, it only has like two rows of seats in it i'm like okay um so we just get like hotels i guess and he's like yeah do we need more seats i'm like if we're gonna sleep if we ever have to sleep in the van we need like at least the full rows like we're still going to be kind of shot if we do it like that but uh and he's like and i'm like yeah but so like what kind of trailer do we have and he's like do we need a trailer there's like five <laughs> there's like six, there's six of us uh and like there's two rows it's a 15 passenger and there's only six of us so we can probably fit all the gear in there and and go. i'm like dude you can but it's not not what you think it's gonna be morale and it's, will be and, going know, down real quick <laughs> yeah yeah i was like yeah, we we need uh you know we need to he was like but we'll just get we're just gonna get hotels it doesn't matter and i'm like god no like sometimes it's a long drive you can't you can't you don't have time to get a hotel you yeah. gotta have you gotta have room to kind of to sleep at least a little bit or everyone's gonna be miserable Mm -hmm. uh there was that there was just like when we showed up to do merch the first day they're just like cool we have boxes of shirts that was all they had i was like oh you need merch we got to go to the store man like we got to get merch racks we got <laughs> to go to the depot yeah yeah you need you need some uh you need markers you need a money box you need like all this stuff and then that night they're like you know trying to collect merch rate and it's like what is that oh my god okay merch rates yeah so it's been it it's all good now which is like it's yeah. we gave them the crash course we even like <laughs> we we even like broke the van broke down at one point i was driving you know obviously i've dealt with this like a million times uh 
but like the it was it was gonna die like i could tell it was about the it was gonna break down i think it was like it was like the alternator or something and like i was watching the the battery just like and i was like we're gonna try to get to a gas station but you know just so you guys know i think we're about to break down pretty soon mm. and we're like we got a long long drive we were gonna drive overnight and we're in, going to lubbock texas like we're in, so we're in the middle of the desert basically yeah. um and yeah so as it's getting closer and closer i'm like all right it's gonna die but there's an exit and i'm like okay cool we're good so i just kind of coast off the exit as it dies roll into a to a love's parking lot and i was like perfect in my eyes that's like oh best case scenario if you're gonna break down is that you can roll into a gas station where you're allowed yeah. to park no one's and pushing a, no one's doing that yeah, yeah there's yeah. a hotel like right next to us i was like we're so lucky yeah great dude's freaking out <laughs> he's like we're broken down like what are we gonna do and uh and it was bad enough that like i was like well we, we can call around it's the middle of the night we gotta we gotta figure out get it fixed but if it doesn't if we don't get it fixed by this certain time we gotta cancel tomorrow's show and and as as it was going it was like this is the whole time i'm thinking like this is the perfect opportunity for him to to cancel his first show <laughs> not opportunity but like there was if there's to for him to learn that sometimes there's nothing you can do but cancel the show mm. uh and you know it doesn't happen very often but it does happen like and that's what it ended up coming down to and i was like it's fine dude but it's a little it was things like that where it's like you just don't know until you until you experience it totally yeah, um, yeah. but it was everything he was starting from ground zero yeah so. it, it, yeah it's so wild because like i remember um the the we had cole uh who drums and scowl like right after um they did the limbiscuit tour and he was talking a lot about how like that band is like as d as, as diy as it gets and it's like totally. it would meet people and either some of the other supporting bands or even just members of the limbiscuit crew that just like they don't have those experience where it's like literally you're like on the thinnest ice possible and you're like okay well either i can buckle and just like sink and drown or i'm going to figure out a way to do this and you know gideon's been a band for god knows like you know double digits of years at this point and yeah. you know y'all have had you know van breakdowns to to car accidents in canada like but y'all have like persevered and pushed through and it's like it creates a uh a reasonable understanding but yeah when you're super green and you're just like oh this is the worst thing ever it's like it could be way worse like just could be a trust lot me. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, we were I, close to you when we when we wrecked our van right you yeah like i think it was the, it was so i was living in winnipeg at the time and i think you guys oh, were okay. on the way and yep. you know you still there were a couple shows and then we came down to winnipeg yeah yeah so we didn't miss yeah. a show somehow somehow <laughs> but you know sometimes yeah. that happens and you know like I I don't feel I don't feel bad for bands. Well, I I feel bad for bands who have to make that announcement and then everyone's having an uproar about it. But it's like you yeah. all these people are at home, like sitting on the toilet yeah. reading that post. You're in the all trenches. Of, yeah, all all the members of that band are probably on the side of the highway spending thousands of dollars to get their band missed yeah. fixed so they can maybe hit the next show and maybe not the one that's happening that night. So it's just like yeah. it's wild. Like if you don't know, you'll you, you'll never know. 
but um yeah glad that you yeah, guys totally. were uh were gracious with with zero and uh it seems yeah. like it's it's been going well ever since that oh yeah so i mean one great thing is there came a point where it was like you know we're teaching them all these things and it seemed like everything we were doing was something we had done before the Gideon, you know, Gideon, me and Jake had, had done. Cause Caleb, Caleb ended up joining later, like a two tours after that, um, joining us on the, on the road. It was just Jake and I at the time, but then there, there came a point where it was like, okay, now this experience that we're having today, like soak it in, like Jake and I have never done this, you know, like, so we're all experiencing this and like, oh, like okay. enjoy it. And like, like some festivals and some shows, like arena shows, things like that. Like we had never, we had never done. Mm -hmm. And now we've played to like, uh, unbelievable. We've played, we've done some shit that like Gideon may, may end up doing one day, uh, under different circumstances, but there was definite first for us. So that's, yeah. that's great. Like almost, you know, for me this year is like 14 years since I first started touring uh and to still be doing things that are for the first time is is crazy you know yeah it's it's a rare it's a a rare opportunity at this point yeah yeah and i, I think it's really cool for you know obviously having the in with daniel definitely helps but you know it i i saw uh, a thing uh when i was like you know doom scrolling last night but i think a one of the directors of the new spider-man movie apparently when they put out the the trailer for it someone had made a lego version of the trailer and all the uh -huh. all the production people were like this is so cool like we should you know we should add a lego sequence into the movie hey here's a better idea let's reach out to the person and ask them to do it and the crazy That's thing amazing. they had like they just knew this person by their like screen name or whatever um and they reach out to this person and it's a 14 year old kid from Canada. So shout out. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know what the fuck his name is. So they like hired, like, you know, all, maybe one of the biggest Spider Man movies of all time hired this kid to make this Lego sequence and then hand it off to them for the final edit of the movie. And it's That's like, <laughs> that to me just like really goes to show, like, unless you like putting yourself out there, whether it's like playing in a band, doing a podcast, doing anything creative it might feel like that, like in the trenches of the van breakdowns, like, is anyone actually paying attention to this? But like some people are watching and sometimes yeah. like it, it takes the unlikely thing for it to like get an opportunity to go on tour with, you know, another artist or like, you know, get someone on the podcast. that so you're like, I didn't know that so-and-so's manager manager was watching. So that was yeah. just like constant reminder to me to like, just don't get lost in the numbers and all of that bullshit. Just like, keep at it because eventually things will happen because people are watching. No, totally. The, the, uh, so much has like happened because of that, because of that scenario. And like, I feel like my life, my, my life trajectory has taken somewhat of a, like a turn because of the opportunities uh, of the last few years, you know, COVID was a, was a big equalizer in, in a way. And like the people who were, who were really in it were still in it whenever when they came back around, you know, right. and uh, those kinds of opportunities were just more, uh, it was like, well, who, who's still doing it here? It's this person, that person. And, and a lot of people ended up with, with cool opportunities 
coming out of that because it was like a big reset button. You know, I, we did tours with, uh, we did a tour with fucking three days grace and, uh, just some shit I thought I would never see or hear or, or know. And, and like walking by three days grace's room and they're jamming like Gideon's new record because they find out we're in a band and we're just like, now three days grace are the homies that are that love gideon so it's yeah, like that stuff like that crazy that would yeah. blow my mind he told me when i was like 12 it blows my mind now yeah uh but that band was one of my favorite radio rock bands that when they were at their peak like yeah. if not my favorite one so mm. um pretty awesome stuff yeah uh a couple other questions before we start to head towards the close um I know you mentioned Caleb, who's kind of like the newest member um, of the band right now. And I was listening to, uh, I forget the, is it Garza, Groza? Um, the dude from Chris Suicide Garza. Silence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Garza. Yeah, you're all on Chris's podcast, which, by the way, fantastic show. I'm, yeah, I, I my think, God. I think he I think your guys' episode was one of the first ones I was put onto, but like he's mm-hmm. he's he's with the shit. He had tsunami on, like he he's he's with it. So Chris, if you're listening is, and you want to do awesome. a, a podcast swap, I'd love to have you on. But that aside, <laughs> uh I didn't know that Caleb played in Those Who Fear. And I was like, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. And I felt like that was like an un just such an underrated band. Oh on, 100%. On the face down. Um here's the thing. I can hear the those who fear influence on some of the uh, newer Gideon stuff. Um, totally. There's a num- another member of those who fear who went another direction that started a, yeah. a, another project. I think you, I hope you know what I'm referring to. Oh, I definitely do. Yeah. 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 Do do Luke. we? Yes. Do we? Do we like what? what what's their their? Yeah, called? Lakeview. Lakeview. It's yeah. just, it's cr- like, it pops up so much on my, on my algorithm <laughs> that it's like, like I, I'm all for someone doing whatever creative <laughs> musical venture they do, but I'm like, like, it's just coming yeah. to me too much that it's getting annoying yeah. at this point. But uh, there was that. one of those edits that said, oh, I used to play in Those Who Fear. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I can explain some of that. That okay. the uh, <laughs> uh, first of all, like those who fear, amazing band, like you said, they uh, also the first band to ever take Gideon on tour before I played with them. Uh, first oh, band ever to okay. take Gideon on tour, um, and and for me in two thousand nine when I went to Cornerstone Festival for the first time, uh, I was waiting in line to get my like artist wristband or whatever. So we were playing some you know, some tiny labels showcase thing. They hook us up, whatever. I'm waiting in line for, to get these wristbands and the guy in front of me has a guns tattooed on his throat. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like, this guy's scary. And that's Luke. That's the the guy. Um, so he was the first person I ever met at Cornerstone. Uh, and we've been friends ever since, uh, done all kinds of stuff with him. Um, and yeah, fast forward a little bit, he played, you know, uh, he moved to, he started playing country stuff, uh, that the dude that the other dude in his band, Jesse was living in, living in Pittsburgh. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think just post 
post uh, the those who fear it was just like you know he was he was getting into doing something else but yeah so now they live in nashville and moved down to nashville and uh where i am and yeah so i i i back what they're doing i i understand that um from an outside perspective some like the 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 marketing stuff is intense sometimes uh <laughs> it's one of those things that that like you know bands like us like we hate to do that kind of stuff but we know it would help if we did do that stuff. That, and for him, it's thing. like, it's like, yeah, we know really we're leaving that. stuff on the table, but we're, oh, we're okay because it's just not like, yeah. there's not a way for us to do this <laughs> where it, it feels authentic. Yeah. And for them, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's what's making their, their whole thing work. Uh, yeah. so, so you have to kind of look at it like that. Like if you, you see it on, you know, I'm. I think we're just a little, a little, a little too old to take to take like TikTok super seriously, and it like probably should. But but you know, I have a hard time with with that kind of stuff. Uh, if it was Gideon doing it, I feel like in a certain a certain big chunk of our fan base would probably be alienated, or maybe they would they would think it was corny, whatever. So we don't do that kind of stuff. Um, but I do respect when you when you can do it and and it and it helps so for them that's that's what they're doing and it's totally working and and so good on them because they're putting they're because it's not easy like i know from knowing them too that it's just like it's not easy to to do that you know it's it does feel weird to do it even if you are doing it that often yeah so uh they're really working hard uh to make all that stuff happen and uh and I think it's cool what they're doing musically because it is kind of melding. It is melding two worlds of, of, uh, of music that have just not, you know, have definitely not melded yeah. before in this way. And, uh, there are other people trying to do it and I think they're doing it pretty well. So yeah. like, I actually it's... even wrote a song, wrote a song with them. Uh, oh, okay. That's not out yet. They did tease a little bit of it uh, recently. Okay. Yeah. Well, now I now I now I have buy-in to be on the lookout versus like totally <laughs> you know adding the you know not interested tag but um no like yeah. I I think it's like it is interesting to to see like people try to innovate and try to do those things um mm-hmm. and I think it's just the the hardcore mindset of just like recording an album putting it on Bandcamp and pressing publish and just seeing what happens mm-hmm. versus you know there is benefit you know we're going way back to the early parts of this conversation it was like yo if we could do like one song and just do singles mm-hmm. that would be amazing and that's kind yeah. of what yeah. a lot of artists are doing through that app right now and i found artists that i like that i'm like okay this song is actually dope and and i have yep. to start following them but when i hear through other friends of mine where it's like sometimes band practice is just con- tiktok curation i'm like come on man like you yeah. just write some more music versus just like <laughs> trying to do that. But totally. Yeah. Like, yeah. This, at least this, for them, th- at least for them, I know that they, they have a ton of, like they're constantly writing. They, yeah. they want to write like every time I'm home and they're home, it's like, dude, let's write, let's do something. And they're, and it's not just me, it's a ton of people. Uh, and what they're bringing, uh, I mean, they're definitely bringing the country world mentality to uh 
I mean, and it's still country, but they're bringing, I guess it's more so that they're bringing the metal and the, the metal core mentality into the the country sphere, basically, yeah. uh, which is cool. I, I kind of see it as uh, any band that's succeeding that has a tie is, is uplifting the rest of us as well. Yeah. And so really. I, I'm pumped for that. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like this could have gone two different ways. If you were like, oh, this is absolute trash. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, that. yeah, I'll, I'll ride that way. But like, I think you've, you know, you've added a little bit more of like, okay, I shouldn't hate on There's this some more perspective. Much. Yeah. Yeah. There's but like, more perspective there. you know, like Gideon, like I was looking through, I was like, oh, you guys were on like a track with Jordy Perp. And just, yeah. it's just like a, a rap, like trap beat. And then Dan comes on and just fucking does his yeah, thing and it's like it. <laughs> it's really cool to just see these like you know everyone always argues like oh like you know originality is dead we've done everything it's the same breakdowns and progressions but like there mm -hmm. is still stuff if you're willing to kind of like just push a little bit just to kind of see and sometimes sometimes really? there will for sure be people that are going to be like this is whack this is trash whatever but you know me melding of worlds if if Lakeview doing that brings one person to like go down the grapevine and listen to those who fear and then go to a Gideon show and then start yeah. a, a heavy band. To me, that's still a dub. That's still cool. Right. Yeah. I, I think that that's, that's the only way. And I, and I feel like this is, this is how so much uh, of the music that we now consider normal came to be, you know, it's that, you know, I, and I would rather be whether it works or not, you know, as long as you're doing it authentically, like I would rather be on the front end of, of that, trying to trying to figure out where where we where we cross over and and uh, and even just collaborating with with other artists that have different kinds of uh, different kind of visions and different perspectives is important to pushing any genre, pushing music, period, you know, mm. dude, we, so we want to do it more. We're going to we're, we're going to get weird the next few Dude, years i'm sure i'm i'm hoping to see all of y'all wearing cowboy hats the next time i see you so oh, yeah i'm not gonna do that but uh, <laughs> i i i'm uh i think it's sick that dan that dan and jake both do it because it's it's really who they are mm -hmm. uh and you know i grew up in nashville like and country music has its, its own, i have my own story with with uh, my relationship with country music and I love it now. There was a time in my life, just like most kids like reject the, uh, what they grew up on at some point in their life. And uh, country was that for me for a, for a little while until it just started to creep its way back in. And then I realized, Oh shit. Like, and not only do I know every single song from, you know, Twenty years ago, that was on country radio, but I actually like it now. And at the time, I was like, "Turn this off," right. but I'm secretly in the back, like, "I love this." Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I th I think it's cool. It's but I'm not gonna wear a cowboy hat <laughs> just because wow. I never, never did. I did. I used to have cowboy boots when I was a little kid, but that's that's way way back. So, hmm. well. <laughs> Cowboy hat or cowboy boots, I think some cowboy attire. I would like to see it one day to, to just clip this part of the podcast to you coming out on stage with, you know, yeah. just the just the, the most bedazzled shit I've ever seen. So we'll see. All right. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Maybe for you. I'll see. Okay. 
I'll be like, yo, I'm coming to this show. What's your size? I'm at the, I'm at the boot store right now. The boots. Uh, boots are cool i haven't figured out how to make that work i like boot i think well dude I you have boots, some kicks. I'm like so uh, that with I, the cowboy boots would be crazy yeah 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 you're right maybe i need to just buckle <laughs> down and get it <laughs> go to boot barn when i say something on the podcast and i see the guests like brain and they're like i'm like okay yeah. leaving an impact <laughs> All right. Um, Tyler, the very last question I asked before we wrap up the show here, um, I asked this to every guest comes on the show, a favorite mosh story or a mosh related story that's first to your head. That could be wholesome, gruesome, something that happened to you or something you did, Gideon show or not. Whatever's first to your dome is how we start to end the show. Okay. Uh, yeah. The fir- first thing that comes to mind, I have a you know, I'm 31 years old, so I definitely don't mosh anymore. I'm not going to act like I do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've had a few like incidents where I accidentally like, yeah, I've never hurt myself. I've only ever accidentally hurt other people. Um, and everybody's okay, I think, but, uh, one of them, one of them was, uh, particularly bad. I was in Dallas and we played a festival and uh this band was playing and i was like okay i'll just mosh to this one part and i'm talking like this the pit at this festival was like bigger than my entire house it was huge it was i was like there's no way you know i'm on tour i'm not i'm not trying to like uh hurt myself so i was like oh this huge pit well i'll pit for a sec and uh were, were you pit were you pitting because of the vibes or the band specifically I was pitting because, uh, so this is like, or the, the amount of space that you had was a little bit more ideal for your, well, it was a mixture of things. I, there was the the band, uh, it was, uh, it was volumes, but this is like, this is like way back when volumes only had like an EP out and, and it was like my space, you know, I was, I was out with, we were, I was with Azhar Treat. So this is forever ago. Uh, and, uh, there was just this one part that was just at the time I had never heard anything so heavy. Uh, and I was just waiting the whole set for this one song to come on and it just moved me so much. I was like, you know, you know what I mean? Like it, oh, yeah. it moved. Michael's me. been on the show before and I'm like, I think EP volumes was like the, the, oh, yeah. the it was like wormholes or, or through the trees or something. Uh, yes. one of those two songs, uh, Whichever one is like dun 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 you know that whatever one of those it was so fucking heavy and I was like it's it's over and I'm okay to mosh because you know it's it's fine and at the time I was I would just mosh anyway but but it was like I felt particularly secure that I wasn't gonna hit anybody no one was gonna hit me I had like had an incident where I accidentally had punched a girl like you know i have like so many so many random stories like that where it just never ends well so uh so i was very conscious of that i'm like there's plenty of room let's go uh and i was moshing for probably fucking 10 seconds and i felt my hand hit something and i i stop and this guy this guy had been running like and like i said this it was this room was enormous and he was running full speed 
to one side of the room and crashing into the crowd and everyone's like bitching. You'd run to the other side, jump into the crowd. He's a side to side guy. He's a side to side guy. And it's so long. Like the dude was getting like maximum velocity every time he would, he would run because he had so much room, you know, it was like, this is not during a side to side part. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He's, he was not, you know, he wasn't the type to understand the difference between, right. Between the side to side part and not. You don't two-step during the fast part. You don't. Exactly. Yeah. Common knowledge. He was, and this dude is like kind of buff, kind of ripped. And uh, everyone's just like, what an asshole. That's right. literally the, the, the consensus about this guy. Right. But I didn't even see the dude. And I was just moshing and I, I swung my arm and I felt it connect. Uh, but it was one of those perfect connections where it doesn't hurt my hand. I just, it was like it went through something and, and I was like, I'm good. Uh, but then I immediately I stopped because I'm like, I feel like that was someone's like face, not like an arm or like a shoulder, you know, right. like that felt like a, a, like a cheek. And so I look and this dude had been running full speed. Uh, when I, just the perfect storm, I just swung right as he's running behind me and uh, hit him, hit him so fucking hard. He was sliding on his forehead on the ground when I, when I stopped moshing and I look and he probably slid 25 feet. He was running full speed and just on his forehead. Just, it was like, I'm like, I'm like, Oh God. So I go over yeah, and I'm like, he's not moving. I'm like, I just killed somebody. And oh, no. uh, someone roll like someone rolls him over and there's just teeth on the ground and there's, there's a little bit of blood. There's teeth on the ground. There's, a like what looked like a carpet burn on his forehead just like a hysterical like that uh of just like raw forehead uh and i just kind of panicked i think i was like i, I would have been like 19 years old at this time probably Holy fuck. uh i kind of panicked and people start uh people start it was like carrie i was like pushing through the crowd like leave me alone but people are like that trying to dap me up and they're hitting me you know, like pat me on the shoulders. They're like, "Fuck yeah!" And I'm like, "Not." Nah, and killed, you're like, "I just I killed don't someone." Know. <laughs> I didn't mean to. They 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 thought I did it on purpose. Everyone oh. did. And uh, this is in Dallas, and I mean, like, there were like three years, three or four years of time where where every time we went to Dallas, people were like, "You're the guy, you're the fucking guy," and uh, and. <laughs> Uh, he was a so anyway. I I ran to the merch table. I told the dudes and I was like, I was like, I did something bad, man. And they're like, what? And I was like, I hit this guy. I think I don't know if he's okay. And they're like, well, fucking go check on him. I was like, ah, oh, shit. Okay, I gotta go back. And I go back, and they're literally taking him out on a stretcher. Oh, no. it was like because they had a you know big festival. It was unsilent night. They had they had like uh, EMTs and everything. So yeah, mosh medics. They, Mosh medics, they had him on a stretcher and I, I, I go up and I, like, he was conscious finally. And he was like, was that a kick? And I was like, no, man, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And it was like the molars in the back and the side of his cheek were all broken, like right here. And he goes, dude, it's okay, man. My, my uncle is my dentist. I was like, all right. And then so, like, just gets 
Like, I hope that he said that and then just got like pulled away out of like literally just that. left to you. My <laughs> uncle's my dentist, and then just they roll him away. <laughs> I'm like, okay, away. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I can't believe this just happened. Uh, and so you know, that's oh the best. Oh my gosh. So then he, I mean, we played as hell played, and he was front row. Like he had he had got clear to go back in, and he was just front row with like his fucking face all swollen and all that. And then. That was crazy. And then when, when As Hell broke up, we, we had posted on Facebook something like, you know, share with us your, your best memories of the band. And, and like a comment pops up. It's like, when Tyler knocked my teeth out at the, <laughs> at the show. And you guys, and I've loved you guys ever since. Like, it was the fan. Uh, I feel I feel I, like there is a generational thing of like getting fucked up at a fest and being like, that was the yeah. coolest shit ever. It was so cool. I was so glad like, it was. Versus, he would have that attitude. Opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and it keeps like coming up uh, randomly in my life too after ever since. Like we, we just like, uh, we were playing somewhere like in the middle of nowhere recently on the Gideon, last Gideon headliner. And uh, this dude was like uh, the promoter or like the sound guy or, uh, or a combo or both, whatever. But he was like, He's like, I, I actually have a story to tell you, man. And I was like, what? And it was like, it was about, uh, he was like, my best, you knocked my best friend out. Like at, at this fest, I'm like, oh no. And he's like, no, it's cool. It's cool. He's, a, he's an asshole. And I was like, oh. <laughs> he's like, his, I love his him, uncle, an the dentist, no, he, also an asshole. I, and I met, I mentioned the uncle. He's like, oh no, to, for real. His, his uncle's like best dentist and whatever oh. they're from i was like okay that's if cool. anything then, you're just trying to give him you this is probably the most publicity <laughs> that his his uncle could ever get for his dental company. that's true i wish i had his name i i'd sh- actually shout him out dude if and you're then, listening and, dm me I'll, I'll i'll plug the uh the dental office we gotta <laughs> put some love on on uh, on the you know respect the grind and then uh one last thing about it was Please. that the uh as we, that dude tells me that, and, uh, you know, Orthodox was on our tour and they're all there when we we're talking about it and their guitar player, Ben, who's, uh, from Frost He was like, Oh, fantastic. he was there. Sorry. Yeah. Amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, he was like, dude, I was there. I, <laughs> he said, I didn't know that was you. I was there. This is going and going. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" But uh, no, it's funny. It's funny now. As I, the dude's okay. It's not like uh, the dude's like crippled now or something. Like he's yeah. okay, so yeah. we're good. <laughs> yeah, he, he's got most of his teeth. You know, maybe he's and got I, some some fresh ones. Who knows? He probably got new ones. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's good. And and also, I just want to say, like, I'm not I'm not trying to say I'm like some fucking tough guy. Totally like accident. <laughs> well, that's what is right. making this story so good is that it's like totally <laughs> just by accident. And it's all you know, yeah. whether you believe in karma or not, this dude, the fact that he's kind of being a like kind of a it was out of my hands. That's, it was <laughs> it wasn't me. Jesus took the wheel, and my face yeah. just you know. It is, it is what it is. Dude, (laughs) it has been a while since doing this podcast that I've had a 10 out of 10 story like that. Your storytelling for that was like perfect. Uh, uh, um, I'm glad. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so Tyler, all of your links, the Gideon links, uh, as Helwood treats links, all of the info for all the happenings will be in the description and in the show notes. Uh, anything you want to send the people off with, anything you want to plug or anything you want to shout out? The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, uh, I would just say, um, you know, more power, more pain. It's been out for a little while, but let's uh, keep running it up. Uh, and uh, we'll be on tour in September, October uh, with Attila uh, in the U.S. And then we we also, I don't know when this will air, but we have some shows in July as well that we just we just posted about. So around some festivals. So cool. Yeah, just check that stuff out. All on our website, GideonAL.com. Tyler, this has been super fantastic. Um, big fan of everything you've done, even though we've like crossed paths, but not like, you know, had conversations. So this has been yeah. like a super fun conversation for me personally. And I really appreciate you coming on the show to chat. Totally, man. I had a great time. It's nice to meet you. And nice to, to after crossing paths, to finally actually have a conversation. Yeah. So. yeah. Next time, boots. 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 <laughs> 